Episode 11 of Basement Convos starts now. Welcome back to Basement Convos. This is episode 11. Steve, how are we doing in quarantine? You know, doing well. Not much has changed, but uh, we're hanging in there. How about yourself? Pretty bored. Um, I got finals coming up soon, so I'm going to be a little bit busier coming up. But besides that, hopefully this is done soon and we get sports back ASAP. True. Andy, we got Andy Bergeron with us today. How are we doing, Andy? We're doing well. How are you? Not bad. Pretty bored. Um, so we're going to start off with the NFL draft today. We haven't had much to talk about. That's obviously why we haven't been recording. But today we're going to talk about the NFL draft as a whole. and We're going to start off with round one. So let's start off with the first couple of picks. Steve, what do you think of Joe Burrow going to the Bengals and Chase Young going to the Redskins? Uh, pretty chalky, you know, kind of predicted by most for months now that Burrow would be going one. It was kind of just up to whether he would, you know, consent to going there almost. Uh, there was questions of whether he actually wanted to be picked by Cincinnati, which who would realistically, but in the end, you can't really say no. Um, so he goes to the Bengals and then Chase Young to, to the Redskins, which also was – Predicted by most, it would be kind of surprising that they don't take them unless someone trades up with them to try to take them there. Uh, so for me, not really surprised by the first two picks. No, I'm not surprised either. Um, sadly, Chase Young is going to be in the division the Giants play, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but who knows what he's going to become. But like you said, it's kind of those you knew that was going to happen. What I take away from it right now is I think we can debate whether Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback eventually when we get close to the NFL season we hopefully have. But Joe Burrow didn't look that excited to be a Bengal. I mean, they showed him in his house, and it kind of looked like a normal day in the Burrow household. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he's, he's probably been known that he's going to be the first pick for a while, and he's also known that he's going to Cincinnati. So I can't imagine he was that stoked. I mean, obviously, you know, blessed to be the first pick. But, like, at the same time, it's like, man, I'm going to Cincinnati. Definitely. So I, we think the draft overall started really around the third pick with the Lions. We didn't know if they were going to trade back or not. We didn't know who they were really going to take. It ended up being Jeff Akuda. I didn't. I threw out a mock draft on Twitter because I was really bored. And actually, Andy's brother commented on my Twitter saying that he didn't think the Lions would take Akuda. Andy, what do you think about Akuda going to the Lions? I don't know. I was gonna say this draft had the potential to be something really exciting. Nothing else is on, but it's somehow disappointed. I thought the first six picks, we we could have had some dramatic trade ups, trades, but nothing really happened. And that leaves us that leaves us wondering, did the Chargers prefer Herbert over Tua or would they take whoever was there? But now we'll never know. I think it's interesting your point there. I think there was really no trades in the beginning of the draft because they were scared something might have happened, whether it was a technical difficulty or something like that, because you started to see more trades towards, I think, the back end of the first and going into the second round. So you make a good point there. Um, obviously my Giants picked fourth pick and we pretty much knew it was going to be an offensive tackle, maybe Isaiah Simmons, but I think most Giants fans knew it was going to be an offensive tackle and it ended up being Andrew Thomas, the left tackle from Georgia. And I thought in the beginning of the whole draft process, he was the safest pick just because he did play the left side. You look at Worfs and Willis, they were playing the right side in college. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that with the Giants pick. Uh, personally, I think that's a very good pick. I was very high on Andrew Thomas. It was him and uh, Wills for me. To be the, they were the top two tackles for me, um, and they, they took one of the top two, in my opinion. I definitely agree Andrew Thomas is the safest pick. 
sticking on the left side his, his whole career. Um, I think it's a great pick for the Giants. It's as safe as you can go. You get a plug-in guy right away. I think it's definitely look. you can look at it as safe. Andy, you got anything else about that? Um, as far as all the mock drafts, everyone had Andrew Thomas going later. Um, so it's interesting if um, – if Wills and uh, Wirfs really were better, then you would think the Giants could have traded down and paved the way for them to go early. But both of those two kind of slid as well. So you really don't know if those were all smoke screens and everyone knew Thomas was the best all around or, or what. No, yeah, I had Wirfs going to the Giants in my mock draft. I thought he was better than Wills. He actually ended up being the last uh, offensive tackle taken. Obviously, the Jets took – Beckin, is that how you pronounce it, Steve? Beckin, yes. Mackay so what do you, let's go to that pick quickly. What do you think of him going to the Jets? So I'm um, initially I was not upset, but I was just a little shocked. I thought at that point it was either Worfs or Judy, and there was kind of no in between. Um, and they took Beckton. Uh, I'm I'm okay. I'm more okay with it now. I was a little just skeptical because I feel like it's a more of a not a reach, just a little risky. I mean, you're taking this guy who's you know six, seven, three something who has a five one forty like it's freak athletic freak athleticism but at the same time the body type of that is kind of risky like I feel like that could that type of person could get hurt easily um and I felt like Worfs was safer um I don't mind it as much now I think he's going to be good um but I was just surprised they went back to over Worfs with them being available I really wanted Wills who went 10 to the Browns which I was disappointed about but I'll take it I'm not mad anymore I saw some um something about him possibly getting into some drugs and that was really why he possibly fell yeah. and people some I guess NFL GMs whatever player development guys scouts saw him as actually the best offensive tackle so for the Jets I'd give I'd give that a B plus a minus obviously we'll see what it turns out it's hard to grade someone right now yeah, but I think he's going to be a cornerstone left tackle for you guys and it's going to be interesting to see the comparisons between Andrew Thomas and Beckton for the Jets because you know there's a lot of Giants and Jets fans who like to compare franchises. I don't like to do that. I'd rather compare my team to the Cowboys and Eagles. That's a big pet peeve of mine. But uh, And do you have any uh, comments on Beckton to the Jets? Um, it will be interesting because I, I truly do think that this could be another Eric Flowers pick. When they showed the camera, this guy did not look like an athlete uh, that could play in the NFL just because of his weight issues. But um, – they must have really liked him if they took him over Worfs. His, his dad's a big guy. They should, they should, he took up the whole room. I know. He was crazy. like 150 pounds, that guy. That's crazy. Um, they they go back down. What were you going to say, Andy? They showed a close-up of him sitting on the couch, and he was taking up two whole cushions. <laughs> he was pushing a pot, though, so I'll give him that. Let's go back down into the single-digit draft spots. Um, what, so what do we think of Isaiah Simmons going to the Cardinals and the Jaguars actually passing up on him? I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be absolutely insane. Um, I'm surprised he fell that far. Oh, excuse um, me. Excuse me. The Panthers passing on him, but not the Jaguars. Uh, uh, I didn't realize the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm surprised that he fell that far. Um, I thought he would have either went four to the Giants or he would have went, uh, I guess, seven or eight. So I guess eight's the farthest I would have seen him falling. But I think he's going to be very good. People are questioning what, if he really has the position. I personally don't think that's a problem. I think he's an adequate size to be a linebacker. And if you want to, you can line him up on the edge or have him cover a tight end, anything of that sort. I think he's very versatile. And I think he has the potential to be a very good player in this league. No, I know Andy was saying something before the draft to us in our uh, group chat. And he was basically saying Isaiah Simmons might fall. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't, I saw a little bit on that because I pretty much knew the Giants wanted to take him. But uh, I was, it was an interesting fit for him to go to the Cardinals. I saw the Cardinals possibly getting a receiver or an offensive mm-hmm. tackle to help Kyle Murray. But uh, they think he has enough receiving help, obviously, with Hopkins. I wouldn't have mind seeing the offensive tackle go there. But I do think the Cardinals are going to be very good. I don't know, Andy, if you would agree or not. Um, I do agree that he I, – I think it's a question if the, what the media thinks versus what the NFL scouts think. And he definitely was hyped up because he had that amazing combine. But yet he really – it's unclear what position he'll actually play. Could he guard a tight end? I don't know. Could he be a true linebacker? I don't know. I do know that in the college football playoff, J.K. Dobbins had a long touchdown. And you can see in the clip, Isaiah Simmons chased him down and was running with him the whole way, just showing that this guy is as fast as a running back. So we'll see if that's enough to overcome uh, his lack of size for a linebacker. Did you see um, he had a 40 race against ETN and beat him? Yes, yes, they showed that. That was very impressive. That's insane. So, obviously, we covered the quarterbacks a little bit, and he said a little bit about that. Steve, I want your opinion on Tua going to the Dolphins and Justin Herbert going to the Chargers. Yeah, so, uh, as a Jets fan, I'm, I'm not happy that Tua went to the Dolphins in my division, but um, I expected it. I felt like they were, they were really dumb if they don't take Tua there. I'm surprised they didn't trade up to three just to be safe to take him there. Um, but it, Jeff Akuda went up there anyway at three. I think he's going to be good, um, barring all the injuries and the injury precautions. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think he's going to get past his hip injury, and I think he's going to be a good player. As for Herbert, I'm not sold on him. Everyone's sold on his size. He's 6'6", 225 or whatever. Big guy. You know, a lot of GMs like, you know, the big quarterback. But I don't I don't love him. I know he's a senior bowl MVP. I don't love him as a prospect. I don't like his arm. It looks like he's trying to aim too much rather than throw. It just looks a little stiff. I don't know. Um, so I'd like Tua, not sold on Herbert. I'd agree on the Tua part. I think Tua is going to be a stud. Obviously, if he stays healthy, I mean, that's hard to tell. But I think for the, yeah, I think for the Dolphins, it was hard for them to pass on Tua with the whole Drew Brees thing that happened years ago, and they thought his shoulder was going to be a problem. And obviously, look what Drew Brees turned out to be when he left the Chargers. So I think that's very interesting. And I think the Dolphins killed the draft. I think they had a very great draft. They had three first, obviously. I think with their third pick, they took a cornerback. That, yeah. that was a questionable one. I don't, I don't even remember. I did, a, obviously, some research on the NFL draft because I wanted to see what the Giants would do, what the Jets would do, but I really didn't do any research on that guy. I did research on most of the first-round guys, and I, that, that guy I had never heard of. Yeah, I couldn't even pronounce his name, and he was pretty much – they were saying he's from Auburn, a man corner, which is interesting because they got Byron Jones and extended Xavier Howard, so I, they didn't really have that massive a need for corner. I feel like taking a safety there would have been better after you traded away uh, Micah Fitzpatrick. But, hey, if you need corners, I mean, they're, they're a need in this league. So, I, I guess I saw something they liked in him. Definitely. And then as for Herbert, I think he's going to be a decent quarterback. I think it's still very hard to tell what he's going to be. Um, I didn't watch a lot of him at Oregon. I know he was thinking about coming, possibly coming out of the NFL draft last year, and the Giants were linked to him a little bit. And he was obviously linked to the Giants this year. And there was Giants fans on Twitter that were constantly, you know, kind of like, is this possible or is this a smokescreen? It's like, I wouldn't even waste a tweet on that. It's like, obviously, that was just a smokescreen. There's no point wasting your breath on that. Um, Andy, what is your opinion on Herbert? I have been seeing some Josh Rosen comparisons strictly because of um, his intelligence. Obviously, he's a smart kid. And they do say you can't be too smart as a quarterback. Or, you know, when you throw picks, you'll, you'll just overthink everything, think in circles, and it won't work out. So, um, 
obviously Josh Rosen hasn't seemed to work out. So we'll see about Justin Herbert. Definitely. Um, so let's go to the, the, excuse me, the receivers that were taken in the middle of the draft. Uh, what do we think of Henry Ruggs being the first receiver off the board going to the Las Vegas Raiders? There was rumors about Gruden possibly liking the fastest guy, and he has final say of all commands on the Raiders staff and their decisions. Andy, we'll start with you. What do you think of Ruggs being the first? I absolutely hate this pick. Why would – if you look at all those lists of receivers who have broken under 4-3, none of them really are good. I don't know how you can take him over Jerry Judy or even C.D. Lamb. But um, I think the Raiders, in the end, really had a shaky draft. He could easily be a bust. They took a cornerback from Ohio State, the second cornerback from Ohio State, at 19. Yeah, I didn't like that pick either. You make a good point there. I, that, was a, that was a confusing pick. And especially, there were some cornerbacks taken later in this draft in the 20s where you were kind of like, what's going on? Why wouldn't you take one of these better safeties? Obviously, we'll get to the Giants pick, which I absolutely loved. But you make a good point that the Raiders are going to Raider on that pick. And maybe we'll eat our words, but I didn't think that was a great pick. I don't want to drift too much away from the receivers in the corners, but um... – as far as that 19 pick for the Raiders, he's the second cornerback for a Big Ten team. The Big Ten, it's not a dynamic passing league. So he's not even guarding the top receiver on Big Ten teams. That's true. So I don't, I don't know about that one. Steve, what's your thoughts? Uh, as for Ruggs, uh, I'm not completely sold on him at 12. I think, he, I think he'll be okay. But, like, if Tyreek Hill isn't a thing, guys who run 4-2-40s have done nothing as a, at the wide receiver position. And Tyreek Hill isn't even invited to the combine. So, on that list Andy was talking about, there's the best player was, like, I don't even – John Ross? Like, I don't know. A bunch Darius of Darius Hayward Bay? Yeah, yeah. Speed isn't everything. Um, I think Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb were both better prospects than Ruggs. Shocked to see Ruggs go at 12. But I think he'll be okay. Gruden likes speed, so – I think they'll find a spot for him. He'll probably be a punt returner, kick returner for some time too. So we'll see. I think it's interesting you guys bring up the Tyreek Hill aspect. I think you're right that there's some of these receivers like a John Ross who like get picked in the first or second round and they're so fast and look, they're going to be great for teams and they turn out not to be. And we, I, we as fans of the game, we're fan, we're, you know, we play fantasy football more than anything and we love Tyreek Hill because of that reason. But honestly, how much of an impact does he make on the field? Yeah, he makes an impact for the Chiefs, but he's also got Andy Reid and he's also got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Let's throw Tyreek Hill on the Giants with Pat Shermer or the Jets with Adam Gase, and I don't know if Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. Or even you give him Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not throwing the same ball that Patrick Mahomes is throwing, like, you know? No, yeah, definitely for the Henry Ruggs aspect. Comparison. Yeah. I totally agree with you there. But I think my opinion on the receivers, I think CeeDee Lamb is the best prospect. I don't know if you guys would agree. Oh, I think Andy likes oh, Judy. No. I just I, I like CD Lamb's size and not I don't know man like he reminds me of that number one receiver like Jerry Judy's a little bit smaller he's kind of like an Odell prospect a little bit but I see CD Lamb as that Julio Jones that's gonna go out every oh. week and you know me I love my Julio Jones where you're gonna go out and make seven catches a week for a hundred yards I don't care you know what I mean I don't I don't know I I you want to take this one Andy? yeah I agree with Dave you want to take the opposing side I'll I'll take it I'll take All right. it I'll explain it after you then. CeeDee Lamb plays in the Big 12, which is notorious for bad defense. And he's had three straight Heisman finalists as his quarterback for three years. So all his numbers, I think, are just severely inflated. 
you look at his tape, half the time he just beats someone deep because the cornerback, like, falls down. I don't know how you could take him over Jerry Judy. So, what I see is that I think Jerry Judy is probably the better route runner. I mean, his, his route tree is unlimited. His cuts are ridiculous. Um, but I, he re- does remind me of Odell, as David was saying. I feel like he's a guy with tons of talent. I just don't know how much he impacts you winning as a football team. I don't know what it is about C.D. Lamb, but he just has that factor where he just gets into open space and gets into the end zone, as you see through his, through his tape throughout the year. You're right, the Big 12 defense is a joke. But, I mean, they're still, like, the one athletes, and he's burning them. So, I mean, I think C.D. Lamb, just based off of what I've seen, will be better than Judy. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just see Judy as being a, a really good talent that isn't going to be able to be helpful for winning a game. I don't know. Uh, let's let's talk about this though. CD Lamb going to the Cowboys. I did not expect that. I saw more of an Eagle fit, um, someone in the possibly twenties if he was going to be the third receiver off the board. But uh, to the Cowboys, I just look. I look. I'm going to be scared to play CD Lamb now because he's in my division. I'm going to have to play him twice a year, and I don't know if I have the corners, the Giants offense cover him. But they have Amari Cooper. They just signed to a deal, which I saw an interesting thing on Twitter where his money is not guaranteed after his second year. I think I saw something similar to that. I might be a little bit wrong on that, but I think not, like all of his money is definitely not guaranteed. Maybe not even 50% of it, but I just think there was a fit maybe for them to get a cornerback in the first round or maybe a safety or something like that for the Cowboys. I don't know if you guys would agree. Yeah. For me, I probably would have went uh, McKinney there. Instead of Lamb, I mean, you have Michael Gallup, you have Amari Cooper, you have Zeke, who also catches passes in the backfield. Michael Gallup. I guess adding C.D. Lamb is – it's good to have, obviously. You have that, you know, a third guy that can go out there and make a play anytime. But I think uh, I would have addressed the defense and probably taken Xavier McKinney there. Giants ended up getting them, though. Great for the Giants. Uh, Dave, you mentioned how Amari Cooper was paid. I think the C.D. Lamb pick definitely shows that Jerry Jones is in a win-now mode wants to win one more Super Bowl, maybe in the next one, two, three years, trying to build a more explosive offense. But I just, I just don't see it. Obviously, they needed the, to draft someone on defense. They lost Byron Jones in the offseason. So I yeah. definitely think the Cowboys should have looked to trade that pick. Definitely not to their rivals, the Eagles, but possibly to any other team who wanted to trade up for it. No, definitely. And I mean, there's some more receivers towards the back end of the first. I think it's very hard to talk about those guys right now. We really don't know what they're going to become. Um, neither do the experts. But I think these top three guys to talk about them is very fascinating. The last part on CD Lamb we'll talk about is him snatching his phone from his girlfriend. You guys got any opinions on that? That was funny. He tweeted about it. He was like, this isn't what y'all think it's about, which <laughs> was pretty funny. But yeah, I, I saw, saw that live and I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. I saw I saw the replies under it, and then they're like, oh, the, another Dallas Cowboy. This guy fits the mold. First thing he's talking about is controversy instead of talking about him going on the field. That's funny. Definitely. Yeah, but as for the Cowboys, they did end up fixing the cornerback situation, at least it seems, with Trayvon Diggs going to the Cowboys in the second round. I don't know what you guys think about that. Uh, for me, I think Diggs is kind of a perfect Cowboys cornerback or uh, D-back. Um, kind of just like a bend, don't break sort of player. Well, he'll get burnt, but also make some really good plays here and there. That's kind of just my assessment on him is he's good, but that's, you know, he's, he has flaws, which can be worked on. So we'll see. No, definitely. Andy? Um, I don't know too much about Trayvon Diggs. I, just, I saw he was supposed to go earlier in the draft. So definitely good value on um, 
with that pick. But um, I just remember he got torched against LSU, like absolutely torched. No, yeah, and you got to look at the aspect that there's other guys in that secondary, whether it's the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Georgias of the worlds, Ohio States, that there's a bunch of guys in that secondary that's going to help you out and that are NFL ready. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that fine line between there's a lot of good players at these big-time schools, but there's also a lot of players that just get helped off based off of the other players' skills and the coaching staff. So how do you feel about the Chargers trading up to 23 to take Kenneth Murray and then elect to remove, to trade away their second-round pick? He was one of my favorite um, – That was an interesting move to me. He was one of my favorite defensive guys in this draft. Like, I would have loved it the Giants traded back somehow to get two first. I mean, that would have been my dream scenario where you could take an offensive lineman earlier in the, like, 10 to 15 range. And then, like, in the 15 to 25 range, you take that linebacker from Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. And I think he's going to be a leader for that defense. And I was talking to my father yesterday about it, and I think the Chargers are actually going to be very good this year. Very – it depends with you with quarterback – I don't know. I mean, they're obviously in a great division, so I don't want to say very good, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year without Phillip Rivers. And I, I don't know. I think that defense is very good. They got Linville Joseph, who's a sneaky good pick, who stops the run game. Mm-hmm. And who was the – did they sign Chris Harris? Was it Chris Harris Jr.? I think uh, it was, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah they did. Mm-hmm. So they definitely improved that defense, and that defense was already good to begin with. Very good. And who was it in their secondary last year that was already injured? Was it King? Uh, it was Durham James. Darren James, he was injured throughout the whole year, right, with a foot yeah, injury? he had, like, a broken foot or something. He's really good. Second best safety to Jamal Adams. So, obviously, that division's good, but I think the Chargers are definitely going to improve. That Their uniforms are nice. Not that that helps them, but they got swaggy <laughs> uniforms. Um, but, no, I don't know what you think about that pick, Kenneth Murray, Andy. I, oh, you go, Andy. I don't know too much about him, but I agree. They, they should be really good, and I think they're really only missing a quarterback. Their defense has had a couple – couple good years they've got all these weapons Austin Eckler is one of the best backs in the league Hunter Henry is a good tight end they got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh would Justin Herbert be able to step into a role maybe week nine week ten and lead a playoff push if Tyrod Taylor struggles Tyrod Taylor Steve let's get your opinion on Kenneth Murray and then I want to talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams a little bit and no, Kenneth Murray looks like to see you know seems like a born leader. I think um, he'll he'll be a, he's a perfect fit on anyone's team. Um, I like that pick. I I don't mind trading up for it. But they also have Melvin Ingram. They also have who else is at that? No, Melvin Ingram's a DN. Or is but he a dude, their defense is loaded. Like yeah, they, they defense, just have names defenses, all over. Yeah, the place. They got Bosa. They got Ingram. They got Murray. Yeah, they, they got, you just named their two, two of their better defenders, and I, and I named a couple, and it wasn't yeah, mentioned. Their, 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 their roster is absolutely insane front to back. The only question for me is quarterback, will Terod Taylor begin the season? Will it be Herbert? If it's Terod, how long until Herbert steps in? I don't think that they're – I mean, you need a quarterback to compete in this league. I don't know if Terod Taylor will be able to hold up for that long to keep him afloat. No, it's interesting. I think you look at Eckler, and he's very good, and he's going to be splitting the backfield with Justin Jackson. But I think it's always interesting to look at Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and really say, how good are they? I mean, they're big body receivers, especially Mike Williams, and even Keenan Allen, I guess you consider this. But can they, are they really in that upper echelon of receivers? I mean, not tier one, but like even tier two and tier three. Maybe Keenan Allen? I don't know. Yeah, but Mike Williams is kind of just a deep play threat. Like all of his catches, is, his catch average is like 18 yards. So like he's always going to go for like a 25-yard pass. 
Keenan Allen has the whole, the whole package. I think he's a low tier one receiver. Definitely. I know, Steve, I know you've had your frustrations with Williams in fantasy. I have, yeah. Um, I had high hopes for him last year. Uh, the year before, he caught like 10 touchdowns. And then this year, I thought he'd take another step. I remember him coming out of uh, Clemson, I, would, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, he's been taking some little steps. Mm-hmm. I think this year, he might be able to take that all last step. year, you know. Uh, this I, might be another little step year. Yeah, maybe get another little step. No, I've, I've taken him like two years in a row in fantasy. I'm a big Mike Williams guy. I just had a lot of hope for him. Uh, this past year didn't, didn't turn out that well. I, I, I'll, I'll, still, I'll still look into drafting him, you know. Maybe, maybe this year's a prove-it year for him where he takes like maybe just three-quarters <laughs> of a step forward. Under center. It's interesting. Um, I was doing a mock drive actually today, um, and I was – I, I'm going to be picking in our 10-team league towards the top. I did not have a great year, either one, two, or three, most likely, hopefully. Um, but I put myself at one in this draft. And my options at my third pick was Keenan Allen as one of my big-time receivers. And I was like, uh, I was like I'm was i not a big Keenan Allen guy. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Keenan Allen because, like, he'll yeah. have games where he puts up 33 points with, like, 170 receiving yards and a touchdown. And then, like – other games where he goes for 46 yards and yeah all right so let's go to round two a little bit and just cover some of the intriguing picks we'll start off hold on before round two one of my favorite picks from round one was Clyde Edwards Hilaire to the Chiefs at 32 yes running back for them for fantasy dude he's gonna be a really good I I, I'm intrigued actually to see and I'm gonna be looking over the next week when they put in those rookies into the fantasy football rankings and to see Mm -hmm. where they put these big time receivers and him as a running back. Yeah. I, I, if, I mean, us three are going to be in on him. I'm sure some of the other big-time fantasy owners in our league will definitely be on top of him. But uh, not Tyler Smith. But um, he's going he's gonna to be a good running back. He's yeah, really- you'll probably be looking for him during his four drafting of rookie running backs throughout this. Uh, I'll definitely draft. be scouting the rookies from this year. One rookie I want to put a spotlight on is Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings. I think he could be a near immediate impact guy with Kirk Cousins throwing the slants. Him and Thielen um, both going to be going over the middle and putting up seven, eight, nine catches a game. I know Diggs was a deep ball guy, and there was frustrations because Cousins never really would throw to him deep. So um, I think this guy definitely could be a, a sneaky 75-80 catch rookie season for Justin Jefferson. My only question with that is – Justin Jefferson played like 98% of his snaps in the slot and Adam Thielen's on the Vikings and he's like a strictly a slot receiver. So I wonder where they're going to, how they're going to balance that. So we'll see. Uh, before we go on the second round, are you guys, any, anybody else got any intriguing picks you guys liked towards the back end? Pretty much it for me. Uh, closing thought. I think, I think we'll see in the next couple of years, maybe a little passing of the torch from Thielen to Jefferson, assuming oh. Kirk Cousins stays around. Okay, yeah, that's fair. My one thing was the Eagles taking Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about that pick. I mean, yeah, I yeah. I don't know much about Jalen Rieger, so I, it's hard to speak on that. But um, well, I knew they did a little bit of so Justin Jefferson in the big games, and he mm-hmm. obviously looked good. But I I don't have much thought on that. Yeah. I didn't think he'd go in the first round, Andy. Uh, I've pulled up his stats here, and Jalen Rieger looks like he had a pretty down year for his last year of college. So um, not sure about that pick. Yeah, not sure either. So now let's go on to the second round. We're going to start off with the Giants and the Jets and then just go through some intriguing picks. Um, obviously, the Giants picked before the Jets. Uh, they took 
Xavier McKinney. I absolutely love this pick. I'm probably being a little bit biased, but he was supposed to go in the first round. And after the Giants drafted him, there was rumors that they had offers to move the pick. But uh, Gettleman and Mr. Gettleman and Joe Judge didn't want to move him because they thought this guy was going to be the quarterback of the defense. So I really like this pick. He can hit hard. He can tackle. And that's been a problem this Giants secondary. They can't tackle anything. Um, so I love the pick. So what do you guys think about that pick? I think it's a great pick. Um, he was projected to go like teens of the first round. You guys get him early second round. I think it's a great value in that pick. Uh, I think he's going to be a great plug-in player for you guys. Uh, I think that's just a great pick. Fell right to you. Definitely. I agree. Mr. Gettleman couldn't have done much better. Mr. I know, Gr- I know Grant Delpit, also a safety who fell, had yeah. some injury concerns. He actually fell all the way to 44 overall. I think he's a steal. Wherever you get him, steal. So we'll see how those dropping safeties play out. Um, so then we'll go to the Jets pick. And they took – who did they take, Steve? Denzel Mims. They originally had the 48th pick. Oh, correct. Um, correct. That's why I can't find it on here. Yeah. And then they traded down. And I, for me, we need, knowing we needed a wide receiver, the first two picks being T. Higgins and Michael Pittman, I'm like, all right, well, the receivers are getting thin here. And then we trade back. I'm like, all right, so Donald's throwing the hoop. Um, and somehow Denzel Mims was still there at 59 while acquiring two more picks in the later rounds. So great job by Joe Douglas there. I was definitely scared at first, but it worked out getting a good receiver from Baylor. Uh, I go to West Virginia, so I've seen Denzel Mims play, Big 12. So uh, good talent. We'll hope, hopefully he can, you know, fill into that wide receiver one role that we need. No, yeah, I definitely heard Denzel Mims had some shaky hands in college, but mm-hmm. I heard he a problem. Yeah, but I heard he was injured a little bit with that hand, so that might have factored into it, probably yeah. did. I thought it was interesting that we look at Chase Claypool getting drafted before Denzel Mims. And I, I would like the Giants to have possibly pursued Chase Claypool, but I thought he'd go a lot later. I thought he'd go fourth or fifth round. Sometimes it's hard for him to create separation because of his body, but I think he's going to be a good NFL pro just because he can body people and he, he does have pretty good hands. But I thought that was an interesting pick in round two for the Steelers. Yeah, he had a great combine. I think that helped boost his draft stock a little bit. I mean, he's the perfect size, like a specimen athletically. I wanted him to fall to the Jets, too. I was hoping they wouldn't trade out of uh, 48 and take him. He went 49. But um, we ended up with him, so I'm okay with it. But, yeah, I think uh, his game tape, he has a little, you know, separation issues. I could, I could tell a little bit, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I think it's a good pick from the Steelers. In general, we've seen the Steelers generally hit on all their wide receiver picks. They do. Someone who saw something others didn't. And maybe this guy could be an immediate fantasy impact player. Oh, definitely. It's something that's mm-hmm. – I think all of these – most of these receivers that were taken in the first two rounds are definitely going to have significant impacts in fantasy football, whether it's on a weekly basis or just like one to two weeks here and there. They make they – because we play in a three-wide receiver league for anyone that does care. Most people play flex. I like the standard. But – we, last year, we were looking at these – we played a 10-team, three-wide receiver starter role, and we were looking at these third receivers on some of these teams, and they just were not good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was struggling to find a third receiver week in and week out, but I think these guys, you get 10 to 15 guys that you can maybe automatically slide in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the receiver position will be a little easier for us to move forward. Oh, definitely. Starting that third one. So, besides that, do you guys see any picks that really intrigued you? We talked about Trevon Diggs a little bit. Um, You know what pick puzzled me a little bit? K.J. Hamler going to the Broncos when they took Judy in the first round. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know why you need that many receivers. And they have Sutton already. They have Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay in that backfield who can both catch. Um, they have Noah Fant, who they drafted last year. Yep. Uh, this pick really confused me. And uh, they got Pat Shermer now running that offense. So I don't know how many people he's going to get involved in that offense. So yeah. I think they should have possibly went defense there. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's almost a case of, you know, how much how much can you really spread the wealth there? I mean, you're giving Drew Locke a ton of options. So I guess that's a good thing, you know, to try to help develop him. But um, it is a lot of offense that they that they drafted. You got anything about that pick, Andy? They've they've tended to draft uh, defensive players lately. They got Bradley Chubb just a couple of years ago, I think. Vaughn Miller's still there, so I I think they really are trying to build around Drew Locke. And if Drew Locke takes a big step forward, maybe this could be one of those rookie year, uh, rookie contract good teams that could make a run. You show Not some potential, yeah. It, it goes back to that division, though, with Pat Mahomes. You got the Chargers, you got the Raiders. I think it's a great division. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, I think the Raiders are actually a good team, but the, that division is just so loaded that their uh, record is deflated a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Definitely. One, one pick that uh, – what do you guys have thoughts on Jalen Hurts to the Eagles at 53? I have no idea what they're doing with that. Thoughts, Dave? Uh. I think it's interesting because I saw Doug Peterson come out and say they're going to use the uh, use Hurts kind of like a Taysom Hill, but I I think some of these teams are trying to get too cute with their picks. It kind of goes back to the Raiders pick of um, Henry Ruggs, where I think you're kind of looking at like ways you can spark your offense instead of just getting better as a whole. Um, I think the only way you can look at it as a good pick is that Wentz does get injured, and last year they had McCown backing him up, and obviously that didn't help in the playoffs. Uh, McCown's a great guy, but not a great quarterback anymore. So that really hurt the Eagles. Um, and we'll see what Hurts becomes. Like, I I didn't think he was a great quarterback in college, and I don't think he would turn out well in the NFL, like convert well to the NFL. But I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? You say me or Andy? No, you, Steve. What do you think about oh, it? Uh, personally, I think, you know, it makes – some sense, not a lot of sense. I mean, Wentz has a tendency to get hurt. He's been hurt like the last three straight years. Um, however, I would have tried to help him out a little bit and maybe draft a wide receiver there uh, because, you know, their wide receiver position is still very thin, um, even though they made they made some acquisitions later on in the day and later on in the draft. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Wentz will be good given the opportunity. I just don't feel like the Eagles is a fit for him. I think Wentz is a top quarterback talent in this league. So I don't see the need of drafting a, you know, a quarterback at 53. That's just uh-huh. me. Um, I want to put a spotlight on the J.K. Dobbins pick, 55 to the Ravens. I think that's a great fit for them. I know Mark Ingram is getting up there in age. Yeah, why do that to my boy Mark Ingram? <laughs> and we saw last year, towards the end, he was uh, – Gus Edwards was breathing down his neck in that running back spot. So – and that's – Early in the year last year, I thought maybe Ingram will fall off and Gus Edwards will turn into an RB1. But um, J.K. Dobbins is an interesting addition to the mix. Yeah, I don't have much thought on that. I didn't watch a lot of J.K. Dobbins. Uh, When we were watching the uh, college football playoff games together, you guys were talking about him a little bit. But I didn't do much research on him. But um, let's go back to the first round quickly. We we forgot to meet – Forgot to talk about a major pick, and that's Jordan Love going to the Packers. Oh, yeah, well. We forgot about that one. Uh, Steve, let's start with you. I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm pissed. You know, they haven't, they haven't helped me out ever 
recently. Not ever, but they haven't helped me out recently. I need, you know, I got Devontae Adams and I have a bunch of scrubs. Like, enough of this Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know? Like, enough of that. I, I need someone else who I can throw to besides Devontae Adams because when they double Devontae Adams, I got nothing. So it's like, all right, and then they take their uh, take his uh, replacement in a few years, which seems like they're doing the whole Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing again with Jordan Love, if I were to assume correctly. Andy? Um. I think that's a pretty questionable pick. I guess they really don't like Aaron Rodgers and would be ready to move off of him. Maybe this past year, they thought they were pretty good. They won 13-3. and They played the Niners in the title game and saw that they weren't at the same level. Uh, just like in the regular season, they also got blown out versus the Niners. So I know that we're the two-seed at 13-3, and but I think this team really wasn't that good. So maybe the, the front office decided it's time to start rebuilding, and this is the first step in it. I, I pretty much agree with everything you guys have to say. I'm just, the only thing I'm going to add on is that they also traded up for Jordan Love, so yeah. they must have really liked him. Yeah. So I think that's another eye-opening um, stat. So let's go back to round two. And what made me think of Jordan Love is I'm looking towards the back end of the second round is I really like the Christian Fulton pick to the t- Tennessee Titans, the cornerback from LSU. I did some research on him. Um, I really like his game tape. But a pick that I thought was questionable is the Packers picking A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Shout out, Duncan. But (laughs) I saw mock drafts where the Giants were taking A.J. And I'm looking at mock drafts really only for the Giants after the first round. But I was seeing some mock drafts for a couple months where A.J. Dillon was going to the Giants in like the fifth and sixth round. So I think that was a little early for them to take A.J. Dillon. I did some research on him because of the Giants' possible interest later in the rounds. But uh, I thought that was a little early. You know, he had a great career at BC, but I do agree it's very early for A.J. Dillon. And also you have Aaron Jones, you have Jamal Williams. They already do this split set with them too. So, like, how much are you going to be using A.J. Dillon? I don't know. Um, so questionable pick, I agree. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's got some talent. I wonder how they incorporate him, though. Definitely. So, I mean, besides anybody else in round two you guys want to talk about, I don't see really anyone else that I'm – you know, I know some of these picks, but I, I don't ha- I don't want to talk about them. You know, uh, I, I guess Todd Gurley's replacement in Cam Akers. Interesting kid out of Florida State. That is interesting. That is interesting. I, I don't know much about him, though, to speak on that and how they might use him in the yeah. offense. And they still got Daryl Henderson there. Yeah, I think um, I think Akers is good. He's a tank over running back. I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be pretty useful for them moving forward. If I had to guess, I think after that, after that second round draft was really uneventful for the most part. We had a couple quarterbacks taken in the mid rounds. We had a lot taken towards the end, but um, not not too much else to talk about. Just kind of. Other than the quarterbacks, I know Jacob Eason finally went in round four. Mm-hmm. And I think he went to a good situation with the Colts. Um, but you're right, Andy. There's not really much to talk about. Obviously, I can talk about some of the Giants picks. But um, I don't really know what those guys are going to become. I know they picked the Williamson, which is pretty cool. Hopefully, he makes the roster. Um, but one guy I really like, and he went to the Rams – was Terrell Lewis, the outside linebacker from Alabama. I really wanted him to go to the Giants. Um, I think he's a stud. And another guy that fell that I I thought was supposed to go later in the first round, and I would have loved if the Giants took him in the second round, honestly, is Josh Jones from Houston, the offensive tackle. He fell 
to the Arizona Cardinals in round three. And I think you're getting the offensive, uh, first round offensive lineman there. I agree. I think you're getting first round talent at pick 72, which is ridiculous. What was the reason he fell? I don't remember. They touched on it briefly. Oh, no, I didn't hear anything. I, I, didn't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't remember know. what it was, but yeah, he did fall very far. I think it's funny how you're watching. I don't know if you guys were watching day three of the draft, but for each pick that's coming in fifth, sixth, seventh round, they continue to talk about these guys like they're going to be Hall of Famers as far as showing a couple nice highlights, talking about all their strengths. But it's, I, I thought that that was pretty entertaining for a Saturday in quarantine. No, yeah, I, I, I watched all three days of the draft. Um, obviously, day three can get a little bit boring besides when your team's coming on the clock. Um, the Giants had a lot of picks on day three. Just so that, well. that interests me. But besides that, no, I really don't have anything else to talk about. You know, we're not going to go through every pick. Uh, our audience will get bored. We'll get bored. But I think for me, at least, we covered really everything that interests me. I, another guy I really like was Jacob Phillips and Rashard Lawrence. Both of those guys came out of LSU, and those guys went later in the draft. But Steve and Andy, I don't know really if there's – Steve, if you have anything to add. Uh, I thought the Giants did a good job with their draft, and I thought the Jets did a little less than a good – still a good job, but not – I like the Giants draft a little better, honestly. Um, I think the McKinney pick sets the Giants draft over the Jets. I agree. And that's not the Jets' fault. If the Jets were picking early in the draft, they probably would have popped on one of these studs that could have won in the first round too. It's, yeah. But in general, I think the Jets made a good pick with Bryce Hall. Um, I think I love that pick. they got him getting an extra pick helped yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. And the running back from Florida that they got, Perrin, is that how you pronounce it? Perrin, yeah. yeah. Samaj P. Ryan's little brother, I believe. Yeah, he's a captain, and he was a captain for Florida and uh, University of Florida, and I think he can help out Bell because there can be that a little explosion-type running back guy. Um, but yeah, I think the Jets and Giants definitely approved. If you're looking at wins, maybe each team gets a plus-one win now with the left tackles being in place yeah, and some safeties and cornerbacks being thrown into the mix. Um, I like the Giants pick of Darnell Holmes in the third round, too. I think from UCLA, he kind of seems like a dog. If you see him in a helmet, he looks exactly like Tyreek Hill. It's a little weird. Um, <laughs> but he can return punts, too. He's fast, and he's got that mindset that he's got a chip on his shoulder. So I like him, too. And I give credit to Gettleman and Joe Judge. And, like, Steve, you talk about it. We've talked about it before that you need some hope with your teams, and you don't know where you get it from. And I think Douglas is definitely a sense of hope for this Jets organization. I yeah, think he's, I, I he's going to be a good GM for a long time. I like what Douglas did in this draft. Um I like it. I don't love it. Um, what it, what I do like is him sticking to his word of saying he's going to get gritty got gritty football players. He picked four straight team captains in round three and four, which is interesting because he wants leadership. So that's something I like to see. They had three picks between 120 and 130. Um, they took uh, Michael Piran, as you mentioned, James Morgan, the quarterback out of FIU, which is interesting. I guess you need a backup. I wouldn't have went quarterback there, but hey. And then they went Cameron Clark, who's another kind of swing for the fences type of tackle who's got some talent but you know still raw and hopefully they can develop him into being a starting tackle so uh, I, I like what Joe Douglas did he traded back and still got a receiver so that adds more picks so I think you overall good job and I'm, I'm content with the drafts or the Jets draft yeah he definitely knows what he's doing um, but besides that I think we did a good job covering the draft and the important picks like Andy said it did get a little bit boring towards the back end of the second mm-hmm. round going into the third fourth fifth sixth and seventh um, but besides that, really, as we cover, obviously we cover all sports here, but there's not much else to talk about really in sports. 
the last dance is going on in ESPN every Sunday showing two episodes. I know we're all watching that along with most sports fans. Yep. Um, just showing how great Jordan is um, and how great his teammates were too. And that the GM for the Bulls was a little pain in the behind. You know, it shows you that you need really a well-oiled machine to win a bunch. But Jordan overcame that to win six, obviously, with that GM in his ear. Yeah, the whole – I love the first two episodes. I thought they were very interesting. And I'm, I think it's only going to get better from here. So I'm excited to watch it tonight. I think it's interesting that it's 10 episodes. I think that could be a little dragging. That's 10 hours worth of uh, the Bulls team. I think I think I could sit through 10 hours of that. No, I definitely could, especially with no sports on. Yeah. But if there was sports on, I think 10 hours is a little drag. Like to, for us, because we weren't alive, you know. So if it was like if it was like the LeBron one, we're probably – I mean, I'm still glued to my seat. But if it's like when the LeBron one comes out, assuming yeah. it does, uh, like we're going to be like, wow. I remember like being in your basement watching that, you know. No, true. Um, but besides that, we've seen some rumors and whispers about – possibly the NHL and MLB and well, NHL and NBA, hopefully resuming their seasons in July and then pushing back next season, you know, towards the new year of 2021 and MLB, who knows what they're doing there. Um, obviously I follow NHL and NBA a little bit more than MLB. Um, but it, it, hopefully we get all three sports back this summer somehow. And we have the NFL starting on time so we can have, play fantasy and have fans in the stadiums in the NH or in the uh, excuse me the NFL season. Yeah, I'm hoping we all. I'm hoping the NBA season gets salvaged. It's just been so intriguing and so drama filled that I just hope we get to see how it plays out. I'm not yeah. completely optimistic though. No, yeah, but it's just interesting thinking about as for me because I was so invested into uh, LeBron and the Lakers, obviously having such a good year so far. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting, just kind of if they resume, let's just say in end of June, just jumping back into that and picking up right where we left off, it's going to be weird and hard to yeah. get back invested into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the players would be all really rusty. Like LeBron was saying, they need like three weeks before if they were to start the playoffs, they need like a three-week training camp, which they said they're going to implement some type of training camp. I just don't remember how long. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how people play. Just walk. If they do just cut right to the playoffs, like I, I guess it's Grizzlies-Lakers round one, it would be interesting to see how rusty – teams are and how disappointed other teams are that didn't get a shot to fight for the playoffs the last 18 games or whatever was left. Definitely. And along with pro sports, just hoping we get college football on, on time, even though there's been some rumors about that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're going to have college football. I can't see stadiums being filled come the fall. And I know I've, I've said this before, I'm going to double down on it and saying that fall, fall quarter, semester, whoever your school does it, will be online for college. Yeah, it was actually, it was funny. Right before we came on for our podcast today, I was doing some research because um, I was bored just to see where Rutgers University is possibly at in a fall decision. So I was kind of just scrolling through the internet and scrolling through Reddit. And there's so many rumors. Like you see people saying they talked to their advisor and they said, don't plan for classes like that are going to be hard because you might be online or whatever. So it's just interesting. I think you, Andy, you make a good point. But I don't know us being on – if we're online, obviously there's not going to be a college football season. But I'm very hopeful and optimistic that we will see an NFL season at one point before 2021. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is all speculation. We don't really know, but we can hope. What are you going to say, Andy? I agree with uh, NFL will definitely be able to salvage some type of thing. But, Dave, I would not expect to be in that MetLife parking lot at all with your mm. father. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think I, I do agree with that, which is going to be, you know, at least we'll get fantasy football and be able to watch on Sundays 
but it, having fans and especially for NFL, I think it's just so exciting. And yeah. um, hopefully like during the playoffs, you can have fans back in the stadium or do every other seat, even though that I, that's a whole another discussion. I think that's the most ridiculous thing. You either allow fans in to sit in the packed arena or you don't. Um, what's going to happen. <laughs> but besides that, no, I really, it's, it, we don't know what's going to happen. And we want to get back to having podcasts on regular weeks. Um, Steve, you would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we want to be doing these in person, which we were hoping to do after the semester ended. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably won't be doing that until maybe mid-June. But once again, we have no idea. We have no idea. Nope. And we, we probably won't be back to regular weekly podcasts until the NHL, NBA, MLB, and NFL is really back in action. Yeah, we're probably kind of just going to be like waiting for something to happen and then we'll be like, all right, let's, you know, make a pod about it because we don't have anything that's like on our list coming up of like, all right, we'll, we'll schedule a pod for then because, I mean, there's nothing going on. So like unless everything starts kicking back up or something significant happens, then I guess I mean, we're kind of just waiting for something to happen and can't really make anything. Definitely. Um, but besides that, the NFL draft was definitely something to keep our minds off of things for a little bit. And um we hope to see an NFL season, like we said, and uh, we can see these players in action in their first season. But besides that, um, thanks for listening to episode 11. We don't know when episode 12 will be. We probably will have Andy back on whenever it is to talk with us. And um, thank you again. And hopefully we can get back into the daily uh, Twitter mailbags and we'll see how that works out. Yep. That's pretty much it. Other than that, thanks for watching guys.